Welcome to CareerPod, brought to you by Transition Solutions. Your host for today's episode is a member of the CareerPod team, Mr. Gary Walrap. Today we are speaking with Fred Walrap, the owner and CEO of Tribute Telecom. Uh, Fred, we want to welcome you to CareerPod and we appreciate your participation. My pleasure. Okay, what I'd like to do is uh, go back to the early years uh, and your interests, uh, maybe something about your college education. Uh, I understand you have two degrees, and I'd like to hear more about that. Sure, Gary. Thank you. So I I studied um, business at the University of Florida, and my undergraduate degree is in finance, and then I uh, got an MBA from UF as well with a concentration in finance in the MBA also. Uh, So can you tell me about that journey, the different steps? Sure. So um, I actually started out in uh, finance and accounting with uh, GTE. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so I I was in various different um, positions in the accounting and budget departments with them. And then as they were... uh, restructuring the company to prepare themselves to be bought by, you know, become Verizon. They, um, they moved the accounting jobs to, uh, other States to consolidate. So, um, I actually moved into the sales department in a, in accounting type role, setting the budget and quotas for the sales, uh, department folks. And then, so I, that got me a little bit of a taste for the sales process. And I eventually um, uh, actually switched over from a sales support role to actually moved into a into into a sales management role. So I was responsible for for existing customers and for getting new customers for GTE. And I was working for the non their non regulated arm. They they were very um, out front in having a non regulated arm of the regulated company. It's try to compete in that marketplace for things like phone systems and stuff like that. So that was really interesting. I enjoyed doing that for a couple of years. And then I realized though that, you know, corporate America being, being what it is, it really wasn't something I wanted to do long term. So I bought part interest in a company that was a small uh, upstart telecommunications company that, you know, installed phone systems and cabling and stuff like that for uh, small businesses. And I did that for uh, a number of years. And then um, about 10 years ago, I left that company and I started my own company, Tribute Telecom, doing the same thing, helping uh, helping businesses with their phone systems. We also do cabling and jacks. And I'm also, um, also a, an agent for uh, Frontier and Spectrum. So when people need those services, I can sign them up for Spectrum and Frontier, and, and those guys pay me a recurring commission as well. I see. Fred, I wanted to uh, ask you about you know your transition from uh, corporate America to a small partnership and then to your own company. Uh, were, were there uh, good moments, interesting moments along the way? It was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I guess everyone says that. Everyone says that. Because I, I knew less about the business than I thought I did. And um, so I knew 
I knew about the business from, you know, from the perspective of GTE, but running a small company is drastically different. So um, I, I had to learn a lot. Fortunately, the guy I went to business with, you know, was was very knowledgeable, and he taught me a lot of stuff. And um, and and working with him, I kind of figured out how to do it on my own. So um, yeah. Uh-huh. I'd like to learn a little bit about the product, the technical nature of the product. It's, it's, it's telecommunications. So uh, who uses this product? Uh, how do they get it? Uh, sure. So um, I really have three different things that I do. So um, the first thing, and, and my customers are mostly small businesses, and there's no real vertical. It's um, anyone, you know, any business needs a phone. But usually the smaller companies have local decision makers, so they're more likely to be my customers. You know, the, the Fortune 500 companies have have uh, decision makers in other states, and they have national contracts with companies, so they they're pretty hard to get their business. But um, so the so those are my typically my customers. The the yeah, you know, my sweet spot really is. Um, people that have between five and 20 employees, you know, and, um, so, and a lot of times I, they become my customers. I need my services when they're either opening up and opening up a new office or moving their office from one building to another. So, and that, and when they do that, it, it covers the three parts to my business. So, when someone's going to move into a new office, they they need somebody like me, and my technicians do the work. I don't do it myself, but they need somebody like me to pull in all the the you know the Cat Five and Cat Six wires that support the phones and the computers, so that those wires are attached to jacks in the wall in the wall, and you know the phones and the computers plug into those jacks. And that's how uh, that's how they get their phone service and they get their internet access. In terms of both computer and telephone on the on the same wire, essentially on the same jack, uh, is that historically been the way it's been, or was was the phone jack and the computer jack separate many years ago? Well, it was in the last five to ten years. There's been a um, you know, a revolution of the technology and the VOIP or VoIP or cloud-based or some people call it hosted phones have really, really taken over. So we, um, we had to get from being a hardware-based, you know, telephone company and transition into being a a VOIP-based phone system company. So that was a big, that was a big change. And, you know, some people weren't able to do that. And those guys pretty much are, uh, you know, not in the phone business anymore because everything he's got to VOIP. Uh, yeah, and, and um, right now most people just use one cable coming out of the wall. The cable comes out, goes into the phone, and then comes out. Another cable comes out of the phone, goes into the computer. But um, I think it's. I think one of the interesting things is like when somebody's moving into a new office, they've had an architect, you know, design plans. And they, a lot of times they've hired a general contractor to build out the space. So they'll give me 
a copy of the plans that shows where all the phone jacks are going to go. And that's where I, and then, so I use those plans to give them a proposal. You know, I say, well, maybe they need 20 phone jacks. And I say phone, it's phone and computer. You know, a lot of times it's one jack, it does both. But, um, so basically I start with a set of plans. I usually go and meet with the customer. A lot of times I go and look at the space before the general contractor starts doing the construction. And, um, and then you you know um, give the give the customer my proposal. Uh, if they accept it, then we um, you know we we work very closely with the general contractor. <clears throat> um, one of the things is that in order to um, to do the work that we do, uh, I'm I'm licensed by the state of Florida. I'm a what's called a licensed low voltage cabling contractor. And I, I have to I have to have that license, which I had to pass a test to get. But I have to have that license to be able to to attach to the general contractor's permit, because when he gets inspections done, I have to get my work inspected by the city inspector as well. And you have to have the license that I have in order to do that. So that's kind of critical. And it's regulated. It's so it's a regulated uh, activity. That's for sure. The, uh, it is. It is. The contractor and you, the interface there. Uh, I pictured a bare bit, bare building without it finished inside. Wouldn't wouldn't your jacks have to come in first before the contractor closes up the walls and that type? Yeah, and what we do is when we when we you know sell a job and and. Um, work with a general contractor and it's funny because we're one of the few trades on the job site that are not a sub of the general contractor because we we usually are hired directly by the tenant or the the owner so yeah it is interesting but um we always i mean this the smart thing to do is we always go and meet the general contractor and make make him our our new best friend you know and 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 basically, and and basically, he he tells us, okay, here's the schedule. So on these days, these are the days you're going to come in. Technician will come in and pre-wire it. So they pull all the wires in, and they do that sometimes when the walls, because there's pipes in the walls where the wires go down. So they can have the walls all up, but usually not 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 the, not finished yet. So we come in do the pre-wire, and there's 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 code and stuff that we have to follow. We have to, the wires have to be supported up in the ceiling. It can't be on the ceiling grid. There's proper ways to do it that we have to do that. The inspector is going to look at that. If you don't do, you don't pass the inspection. And also we have to, certain buildings have to require a certain type of wire to meet the fire code. And so, you know, you have to, you have to understand the technical aspects to it. But, um, so the general contractor would tell us, okay, these, X number of days you're going to come in and do the pre-wire, and then on these days you'll come in after the walls are painted. You put the jacks on, you put you'll label them, you'll test them, and, and you know, do the uh, the backboard part of it as well. And so you know we and basically you know our, our guys you know we come on the days when he told us to come in. You know we do it. We coordinate the inspection inspections with him because a lot of times the inspectors want to look at the regular, you know, power 
electricity work and the low voltage work at the same time. So we have to kind of coordinate to call in those inspections at the same time. Uh, and then and then when it's all done, you know, uh, the customer has uh, working jacks. Fred, I want to circle back a little bit. You said, uh, you know, your techs come in. And uh, so these are technicians. And let's use the example of a building that's been renovated. It's a, There's 20 people that will be working in it. You, uh, everything is, is pre-wired and do your techs do the pre-wiring? Yeah, they come in, they pull, they pull the wire in, they, they, and they, you know, install it properly and label it and everything. And it has to be all supported up in the ceiling to, to meet code. Yep. So we have, we have cabling, cabling technicians, they're called. Yeah. They, um, they work for you and they could work for other companies as well, but through the years, you've had to manage that relationship. Yeah, and I actually, um, I actually use uh, 1099 subcontractors, but I use the same couple of guys. So um, they, they're not direct employees. And but but what's well, part of the beauty of that is, um, you know, I have some guys that are really good, and uh, we have like negotiated rates, so they they charge me a certain amount of money to do a one Jack. And then if I have 20 of them, then they charge me 20 times that. But, um, so that way, that way I know when I sell the job to the customer, I know, I know what the material is going to cost because I can estimate that. And then I know what the labor is going to be. So when I sell the job and the customer says, yes, you're hired, you know, do it. Um, I know what my profit is going to be because I've gotten a fixed price on the material and I've gotten a fixed price on the labor as well. Uh, if you have, if you have your own employees, you know, it's more of like a, you know, it's hard to tell. I mean, you're going to give them certain standards to follow, but if you work with the people that we've agreed upon rates, it's a contractual arrangement. Now, in terms of your, your clients or customers, um, there are, there are, there are companies like real estate, uh, trusts that, that may have many buildings. So do you have any large customers uh, where you sell them at different sites or install on different sites? I I have some of those. Um, I have this one construction company. They're like, they're actually, um, it's a construction company, but they do more of the, the civil engineering part of it. And they do things, they do things like highways and dams and, you know, railways and stuff like that. But every, every time they do a project, they, um, they put up a construction trailer. So my technicians go out and put, put the jacks in the construction trailer. And I saw, I, I saw these guys, I, I cabled their office in Tampa and like 10 years ago. And when, when it was all done, they were very happy with our work. So the guy who was the head of IT, and that's usually who I interface with, the IT people, the guy who was the head of, of IT said, Fred, we'd like you to be our um, you know, our vendor to do all of our projects in the state of Florida. But these guys are in like, you know, eight or ten different states and they they can't they they can't go find subcontractors and stuff in every state. So they just want one one point. So every time they open up a job site in the state of Florida, it comes to me. We have prearranged prices, and uh, I make sure it's done on time. and And they're they're very happy. So they've been a great customer. So um, that's been a good one. Um, it's funny you mentioned the um, like real estate investment trust. One of my 
best referral sources are the land landlords. I have a couple of big landlords that I have uh, worked with over a number of years. And not only do I, we do work for the landlord directly, but when people move into their building, they have us on their short list of vendors they refer. So that can be a really uh, a great way to, you know, but you have to have a, you have to have a pipeline of getting new customers and having, having the, the, the landlord give your name to a new tenant is, uh, is really golden. Is your business, uh, uh, sensitive to changes in the economy? Uh, you know, the good times and the, and the bad times, does that impact your business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, like right now with, uh, with all this, um, you know, coronavirus stuff going on. I mean, that now fortunately we still have some big customers that are, have plans that are still going on, and so it's not like not like zero. Um, but you know, when 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 the economy is slow, people are not opening offices; they're not moving. You know, they shut they kind of shut down. Maybe some offices close. You know, so. Um, but so we're definitely, you know, we're, we're part of the construction industry. So when the construction industry is hot, it's great. And when it's slow, you know, our business slows down too. But, you know, we have a pretty good um, uh, customer base that we've developed over 20 some odd years. So, um, yeah, maybe we're a little bit immune to it because we have some pretty loyal customers. Sure. Uh, in terms of uh, satisfaction, is there, is there one thing in, in your business that really satisfies you and you, you feel that it was a great job and that you were recognized for it? Well, I think, um, you know, I think that the thing that I like the best is when, when my part, when a customer's opening up a new office or moving their office, and when, when the, part, the part that I, because basically I'm a project manager, okay? So, of course, I have to find the customer's, I have to sell the product, but then the real the real important part is making sure everything gets done properly and on time. On time, and at the end, the customer is very pleased with our, with the result. So, I mean, I get re- intrinsic reward from that when the, when I know that you know everything went well and the customer gives gives me positive feedback. So, um, that's one of the things I really enjoy about my job. And I, you know, I think that. Um, I I think I have a this may, may sound a little immodest I apologize but I might have a little higher level of professionalism than a lot of the people in my industry. So um, I I think I distinguish myself that way and you know that's one of the reasons I think we've had some of the same customers for many years because we are you know I'm, I'm trying to be very professional make sure I have technicians that are very good. So that when the job when the job is done, everything works, and it looks very nice. And the, you know, the customer comes in and looks at, like at the, at the backboard, at the frame, and they and they say, "Wow, this this is really nicely done." And yeah, you know, so and I I, I get a, a, a kick out of that as well too, that the customer is happy, and and those kind of customers also refer you to their friends as well. Yeah. Now, besides the strong <laughs> referral network that you have. Do you have uh, any? Um, do you do any marketing where you really go out and promote your business? 
Well, I think I'm in a referral group, a business-to-business referral group that um, me and a few other guys started about five or six years ago. And um, so that, that's that been very helpful. You know, it's just one of those things where you it, – it's not something you get business out of every day, but uh, it, it does lead to uh, – and it gives you an opportunity to, you know – work with other people and then you can refer your customers to them and they refer their customers to you. <clears throat> so that that's the biggest thing I do. I'm also, I'm also a Rotarian. So I, um, I've been, I've been a member of Rotary for a number of years and, uh, you know, there's other people in Rotary who need telecommunication services and equipment. And, uh, I've done business with them over the years as well. Sure. Uh, in terms of frustrations, uh, every business has them, and your business has a pretty high level of uh, complexity with all the moving parts, uh, the regulations, the techs, you know, uh, the moving parts in the building. So uh, has has anything really frustrated you through the years? Well, yeah, there are some frustrating things for sure. And I guess the, the biggest frustration is, and you know, it's just something you just, you just come to expect. So it it doesn't frustrate, doesn't frustrate me too much, but you know, you'll give somebody a proposal and they'll, they'll do business with somebody else. And they, and, uh, you know, for one reason or another, maybe, I don't know, maybe the other guy was his brother-in-law or maybe the other guy had a lower price or who knows what. But you know it's frustrating when when you can't even get you can't even get a, a call back. You know you call them, email them, and they, and that's it. They just they they buy from somebody else and, and to uh, and they won't even talk to you anymore. So it's kind of like a little weird. It's like you know if I think of myself, gee, if I were this guy and and somebody went through all the trouble of you know giving me a proposal and trying to understand exactly what I need, and probably did a little free consulting in there along the way. And then, you know, decide to work with somebody else. I would at least call the guy up and have a 30-second conversation. Say, hey, Craig, you know. What would you tell someone who wants to get into your business? Well, I think um, I think it would be hard for somebody just coming out of college uh, to, to learn the business. I think the best way to do it is, honestly, is to work for another successful company for a while and learn the business. Let them train you learn the business, make some contacts, see if you like it, you know, and, and, and there's different niches and places you can go in the industry. So, uh, that's, that would really be my advice. But, um, you know, if you, uh, when you actually get to the point where you want to start your own business, uh, it's good to get some professional, maybe a, a coach that can uh, give you some good advice as far as uh, how to, how to go about doing things. Because, and when you actually have your own business, there's a lot of things that when you work for somebody else that they they're doing all that for you. You don't have to worry about it. But when you have your own when you have your own business, you have to you have to know how to you know. I mean, some of the things like giving quotes to customers and and getting them to uh, to buy from you and stuff like that that would be the same thing. But like if you're paying yourself a salary, if you're paying some of your employees a salary you know you uh, you know and you, you have to file taxes and stuff so you have to know how to you have to know how to go online and and pay your payroll taxes to the government 
which is, you know, it's hard. And that, I tell you, that was a little frustrating for me because it, it was, it was a little difficult. I finally got a, a, a business coach that made it a lot easier for me because he explained a lot of things that I was having trouble figuring out. So uh, running, running your own business has a lot of uh, ins and outs. I can imagine. Now, in terms of your financial and your re- keeping track, uh, do you have a particular software that you use for your financials? I do. I use QuickBooks, and I think um, most small businesses in in America, probably the world, use QuickBooks. It's pretty well uh, well accepted, and you know because I put it on in my computer. I give a thumb drive to my accountant. He he does it. And he you know uh, calculates my taxes and everything from it, and that's both for your annual to to do income taxes, and as well as um, payroll taxes, which are done quarterly. So uh, you have to and you have to have a good CPA. I mean, some people do it themselves, but I have a CPA that I have help me with my taxes because it's a little too complicated for me to do myself. Sure, and the regulations change every year as well. Now, in terms of retirement, do you have a a self-funding retirement plan? I actually have a a, a 401k um, that I've been contributing to. Maybe not enough, but I've been contributing to over the years. And uh, I had some retirement money from, uh, from my time with with GTE as well. So I'm getting, getting, getting closer. I'm I'm not really, I love my job. I, I enjoy doing it every day. And, uh, I, I really have no, uh, no interest in retiring anytime soon. Maybe, 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 uh, like somebody I know in my, in my seventies, I may think about it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, you know, maybe a funny story or a situation that happened in your business that you sort of never forget because it was just so funny or so unusual. Do you can you recollect anything like that? I, I have one that I think is funny that happened recently, and um, I'll, I'll make it brief. But um, um, my wife Anna, my wife of forty years, is an is an architect here in Tampa, and uh, she's been practicing. We've both lived here in Tampa for the last 40 years or so. So a lot of times she works with um, real estate people and um, and uh, contractors. And then I'll meet them. And and it's funny when they say, are you related to Anna Walrap? You know, <laughs> so uh, we, had a, we had a kind of a funny one recently because uh, I was doing um, – I have a project that we're going to be doing and the builder is somebody I I know, you know, the, the contractor is somebody I know and his name is Ben and uh, he's the owner of this construction company. And it turns out that his dad is going to be in charge of running this project that, uh, that I'm going to be working on. So, uh, so I, I called up their office and I knew his dad's name was Greg. And so I said, but I, I wasn't exactly sure I was talking to Greg when I called over there. So I said to him, uh, I said, uh, are you, uh, are you Ben's dad? So he said back to me, he goes, well, are you Anna's husband? 
<laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. He kind of turned my question right around, and I said, "Yes, I am." So we both got kind of a little bit of a chuckle out of that. So I, and apparently, he had worked on with Anne on a number of projects uh, actually a few years back. The uh, the the issue of luck, uh, good luck or bad luck, uh, through the years, is there is there something that you remember that really? Uh, hit upon good or bad luck. Well, you know the the old saying, Gary. The old saying is, is that the harder harder I work, the luckier I get. And uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, there is, yeah, you know, there is a, a random nature to uh, to life. Um, I do some networking, and you know, sometimes you go to a networking event or a lunch or something, and you just happen to sit next to somebody who needs what needs what you do. And then, you know, by the end of the, by the end of the meal, you know, you, you've got an appointment to go see them the next day and, and maybe do business. For them. So that happens from time to time. But, um, I think in my life, the luckiest thing I ever did was meet Anna. And, uh, because that was, uh, that was, she, and she's my wife of 40 uh, years. Uh, because she has been a, a wonderful life partner and we raised two, uh, two great kids. So, you know, uh, I think if anywhere luck comes in, it would be in, in my, uh, you know, in my life, uh, my life partner that I met at the university of Florida. And just as a, a very random thing, we met at my fraternity and, uh, we don't actually remember meeting. What had happened? That it happened. We know we met there, but we don't remember meeting. So, so it's funny how those things work. But um, I, I've been a very lucky guy, so I think luck does play play a role in life. Sure. Well, uh, Fred, uh, I want to thank you for the the insights you've given uh, given CareerPod, and I, I I wish you and Trip Tribute Telecommunications the best going forward. Uh, and uh, thank you again for participating. Well, thank you, Gary. Thank you for inviting me in to do it. And I've certainly enjoyed uh, telling my story. And uh, hopefully uh, if some of uh, my young folks get some insights from it. Then uh, it will all be worthwhile. 